Hi. Welcome to another episode of Paul Don Power, Power System Design's podcast on the latest in power and power design. I'm your host, Alex Paul, and today I've got Steve Ehrlich of Spacetime Insight. We're going to talk about uh, the grid and how utilities can prepare and uh, protect for weather and uh, other natural events and such, because uh, the grid, as advanced as it's going to be and is currently, is still a physical thing dealing with the physical world. Isn't that right, Steve? Welcome to the show. Uh, thanks, Alex. Uh, yes, obviously, uh, there, there's things you can do to prepare for uh, some crisis-type event, but those things are going to happen, and uh, you have to be able to respond to them when they do, and perhaps... Uh, figure out what you did so that you can do better the next time around. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's that's always the case in a system, but in in the case of the the grid, I mean, you say for example a CD player or something, you can predict certain things are going to happen. It's going to be within a certain general range of temperatures. It's going to be in a certain general shock environment. There might be something catastrophic happening, like being dropped, but that's not really uh, part of the planned operational envelope. So you can be a lot more um, predictive. Whereas, I mean, a lightning strike could hit a, a, a transformer. A drunk driver can drive into a switch box. Uh, you know. A lightning storm could take out an entire grid area. I mean, how do you keep an eye on that kind of stuff? Yeah, it's obviously a lot more complex because you have so many more variables to deal with. But uh, using predictive analytics, it's uh, interesting because you could look at many di- many different factors. So, for example, if there's a there's a fire and it's heading towards your service area, and uh, you could you could understand you know, which customers are in that area what assets you have, uh, perhaps what the vegetation is like. Um, you could look at wind speed and wind direction so you know which way the fire is going and how fast it's going to arrive. And then based on your understanding of that, you could then say, okay, well, if the asset's going here, I've got, sorry, if the fire is going here, I've got these customers here, I'm going to lose access perhaps to roads and so on. I, I might want to place crews. Uh, in these particular areas in advance of that fire. Um, I might want to notify customers. I might want to, uh, you know, reroute energy. I might want to, um, you know, get, get extra, you know, fire, uh, fire trucks with uh, water and so on in, in advance in those areas. So, so there's things I can do to prepare and, and understand uh, based on some prediction. Um, it's obviously a little more difficult when there's a, a storm because it's not just about fire anymore. It's uh, it's about wind. It's about rain and flooding. Um, it could also be about snow and icing conditions and so on. So depending on the, the type of event, uh, you would take a different set of actions. But it all comes back to understanding, uh, you know, your customers, your assets, where they are, and so on. And what's what's really cool is that once you understand all of that, you can you can look at the data in multiple different ways. So you could think about it from a point of view of, of safety and risk. You could also think about it from a point of view of you know financial impact. You know how much revenue am I going to lose? How much is it going to cost me to restore power or repair assets and so on? Uh, so it's uh, using using predictive analytics is kind of an interesting way to uh, prepare for uh, such an event. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, you know, Steve, that makes a lot of sense. Now, <clears throat> what kind of a range of, I mean, 
you can't really predict literally everything, but I guess you can predict everything that you can collect a data point on. How many things do you work? It can, is, it, is it easier to say what you don't cover or what you do cover or what you can plan for? No, so space-time inside will take uh, the data from any number of different systems, so there's no limit to the number of data sources. What I will say, though, is your ability to predict gets better based on the volume of historical data you have. So, you know, if all you have is, uh, you know, one week of, or one hour of, of data from a, from a fire or, or, or a storm, your ability to project its path and to understand its strength and what it might do is very different than if you had, you know, a week of that data. And, and the same is true for, for asset performance and understanding, you know, how hardened are the assets so they're more likely to fail when it's really windy and so on. So that type of data, the, the more historical performance and, um, you know, characteristics of the assets you understand, uh, the more accurate your prediction is going to be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense as well, Steve. Now, um, obviously it's not just you could run out there and just start acting willy-nilly as some type of a, some type of a plan. How do you normally approach a, a client who has this need? Where, where do you start? Where do you, you know, where do you draw the line and say, okay, this is step one? Well, I think that um, you know most utilities have, given given their geographical location, are susceptible to certain types of events. So, you know, on the west coast they might might be more fire centric, and the east coast, perhaps uh, you know, snow and ice storms and you know tornadoes and whatever. Right. So, those those type of events would drive the kind of preparation you would do. I also think it's the type of uh, region you have. So is it very dense region, a lot of vegetation? Because vegetation is likely to cause the most problems in a in a crisis type situation. You know, proximity to to lines and so on. So I think that um, you know, d- depending on the type of event that you're trying to prepare for, you would take a different set of actions and prioritize those actions. Um, it's also true that you know, we've talked mostly about preparation, but during the the event itself and how you respond to it um, is also a different set of actions. So I might prioritize, for example, if I have now, you know, storms hit me, I've got a number of outages, how do I prioritize how to respond to it? And so I might be looking at, okay, I've got to get emergency services up and running first and then maybe the big businesses, and then maybe major blocks of, of homes and so on. And so really helping uh, utility figure out what actions to take and, and what order is, is very important. And in, in order to do that, you've got to understand you know, what situations are hazardous, uh, you know, what's the severity of the damage. So I may have you know, 10,000 customers without power, but... You know, I've got some major damage to an asset that's going to take me 10 days to restore power to them uh, versus I might have 5,000 over here and it's, you know, a simple fix so, or a simpler fix. So uh, all of those um, attributes need to be concerted in, in the response. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, Steve, um, considering that, you know, we've got a lot of the uh, people who will be designing the systems and infrastructure and devices that are going to be operating within the smart grid and the Internet of Things and all. Do you have any uh, requests from them, like, uh, 
hey, hey, next time, guys, why don't and gals, why don't you throw in an X Y Z type of telemetry so that I can track this? Or it would be nice if we knew this about grid activity. Yeah, you know, the the more precise the data, the the better the analysis is going to be. So uh, you could say that. Uh, uh, on, on and off, or working and not working, is your is is kind of the, the simplest form of data that we could get, right? But mm-hmm. the more the more we can understand about what caused the problem, uh, you know, why it happened, uh, what specifically happened, where it was triggered from, uh, when it was triggered, you know, all of that data is really valuable in trying to uh, troubleshoot and understand. So if you think about the operator sitting in the room looking at the, the, that asset on a screen, right, what do they need to know about it to be able to take the appropriate actions, right? They need to know who to send out to fix it. They need to know, they need to know whether to send somebody out to fix it or whether it can actually be fixed uh, remotely. Um, they need to understand um, how, how it got into the state it did. You know, was it is it underwater? So having some indicator to say it's wet would be useful, you know, if that's appropriate for that type of acid and so on. So I, I think that uh, it's, it's a somewhat a hard question to answer because there's so many variables. But hopefully, getting the sense that you know the more data, the better. That that would that that would really help um, the the operator sitting in a control center make uh, faster, better decisions and be able to prioritize uh, response to an event. Well, actually, that's, that's a very good answer, though, Steve, because uh, that makes all the sense in the world, and it, it does address the uh, primary issue. The more, I guess you could say, uh, ability to sense pain the system has, the more accurately it can respond to events. That's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> so, now, after having said that, um, I unfortunately, we we don't have all the time in the world, so I do have to wrap the episode up, but I always let my guests have the last word. So uh, what would you have to say as far as beyond, like I said, that request, but any advice or any insight that you'd like to leave with our audience before we close out the uh, episode? Um, You know, I think that it's important to think about every component of the grid, not in isolation, but in relation to something else. It's all connected in some way. So in, 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 if you're looking at a, a, at a meter, what is it connected to? What's the communications? If you're looking at you know, a transformer, what's it connected to? And what is the impact of it not working? And what is the impact of something else on it? Um, because that's really how we're drawing a picture of what's happening on the grid. So I, w- I would always try and think about not just the, the insular design of each asset, but also the implications of other assets and, and how it's connected to those assets. Oh, well, um, again, very good and insightful uh, advice and uh, observation on what's going to happen, because I agree with you completely, especially when you, when you think about the Internet of Things and how that's going to tie in with all of this. So Exactly right. You know, you, you think about, you know, electric vehicles coming on the grid, you know, they're, they're new assets that nobody, nobody in the utility industry designed, right? So we've got to, got to think about the impact that they're going to have on, on grid infrastructure in general, as an example. Very good, very good point, Steve. 
So, but as I was about to say, I'm really glad to have you on the show, but unfortunately I'm going to have to say uh, this episode is over, but I'm going to bring you back because I always like to have uh, my favorite guests return as often as possible, so we'll definitely have you back, Steve. Great. Thanks very much, Alex. Oh, the pleasure's mine. And I'd like to thank everybody out there in the audience for taking the time to be with us. We wouldn't be here without you. Tell your friends. This is Alex Paltz for Paul Tom Power. Have a great day.